wrestler. We met a wrestler in the flesh. Oh yeah. Right. So uh, I have hopefully established by now twenty episodes in that I have a long list of uh, encounters with uh, wrestlers. Some have gone well, some have gone badly, and most of them have been somewhat embarrassing or laughable in some way. And this is a, a more recent one, I would say, that I'm going to talk about. And uh, this is yet another one that we have to give thanks to Inside the Robes for this one. And this is uh, meeting the. Uh, the living legend, uh, the one and only, the first intercontinental champion who won that title in a not-so-real tournament, uh, Pat Patterson, um, uh, and a man who is very, very old now. And he's not <laughs> the person you would expect uh, Inside the Ropes to take over. But what I will say is that Inside the Ropes has always kind of tried to do these kind of more obscure things as well. They do the big mainstream stuff like your, your Hall of Famers, but they don't shy away from a, a slightly more obscure name. Uh, and so meeting Pat Patterson was uh, a definite must go for when I saw the tickets going on sale. Did you did you see the show when it was being advertised? Did you think about going? Not really. I don't even remember it being advertised. But when I, I remember it happening because I remember the picture of you with Pat. That's the only thing, only recollection I have of the show. Right. Okay. So. Here's the thing, folks. Pat Patterson has been in the wrestling industry for, for decades upon decades now. I think he's now in his 80s. He still works in WWE to this day. Um, and uh, Pat is of French-Canadian heritage, and the, the, he still speaks uh, He speaks English fluently, but it can be at times... Um, uh, there can be at times be a bit of a language barrier I think even though he knows his English and can hold his conversation in English and he's worked speaking English for many many years as uh, people like Mick Foley have written about in the, his book uh, he, he can sometimes come out with some funny sounding flip <laughs> uh, ups you know and the, the, the thing I'm remembering the most is when uh, Mick Foley and Have a Nice Day is talking about Pat Patterson talking about uh, something going down when they're booking a match and he's going and at this point The Undertaker's going to go absolutely banana <laughs> <laughs> I, so wish, I wish I was at the show just to hear him talk though do you know what I mean like just hearing that voice live would be great man so so this is it okay like uh it was in the garage I think and by this point I was working at the the school that I've not long left like so, so I worked at a school for a couple of years and this was me like a month or two into my first year there right uh, and this show was on a school night, so even though I knew I wasn't going to be drinking or anything like that, I was still a bit anxious about you know being up a wee bit later on a school night because yeah. you, I was worried. Oh my god, I'm I'm only going to go and like like drink a coke or something like that. Yeah, but how will that affect me the next day? I was that paranoid about it because I was so new to that place. Um, and it also meant that I went there fully suited. So, like, you you know, like a wrestling show or inside the ropes, you get all these guys, these big sweaty guys with black t-shirts and black jeans and yep. replica belts and stuff. And and there's me, full, full-on suit and tie and shirt, and I'm wearing my glasses and stuff. I just totally stick out like a sore thumb. And <laughs> I found myself having to do this at a few different shows. When I met Goldust, I was fully suited. And uh, there was also a wee show that Inside the Ropes did with... Um, uh, it was when they announced the Undertaker tour, and it was a free show, and uh, it was Kenny McIntosh interviewing uh, Adam Pacitti from Cultaholic, right? And uh, Joe Hendry, just as a free show, and at the end they announced the Undertaker tour. That's right. Uh, it was at that show that two separate people, one of them was Joe Hendry, thought I was Adam, thought I was uh, Adam Pacitti. Really? <laughs> like, 
Yeah. So uh, the brother of somebody who, because Adam Pajiti was at the show, and because I was there in my suit and I had my glasses on and my beard and stuff, uh, like the younger brother of a guy I know clocked me, and I think because he kind of recognised me as his brother's friend, right? Went, oh my God, are you? No, oh, I thought you were Adam Pajiti. <laughs> That's good. And then when uh, Joe Henry was in, was uh, uh, doing his interview on stage with Kenny McIntosh, I was in the front row with Robert, and uh, like I, I say, he thought it was Adam Pachiti. He didn't really because of what, in fact what he did was he goes, "I just realised you've got the Adam Pachiti stunt double on the front row here." <laughs> oh god! So, uh, did that make you yeah. all embarrassed and stuff, or was that like a claim of fame? Uh, well, it did, but uh, uh, that night I got home because I, I used to work with uh, um, uh, Joe Henry's uh, girlfriend. Uh, I messaged her that night saying, can you just let Joe know that I take that as the highest compliment? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I was suited and booted for this one, uh, for the uh, Pat Patterson show. And it was up in the, the, the that kind of upstairs bit of the garage, the G2 bit, the smaller venue. Yeah. Um, and we were, we had that lovely moment again where you kind of queue up and you see them for the first time and it just shows you it doesn't even need to be a massive physically imposing person, even if it is just um, kind of a, a reserved kind of old man like Pat Patterson. It, it's still special when you see them for the first time. And I also think for Pat, I just was drawn to it as well because, not just because of him and his legacy and how important he is to the history of wrestling, um, but just because of his age and i thought well when else am i ever going to have an opportunity to meet pat patterson exactly um, so i knew that i wanted to go there i knew i wanted to buy a copy of his book i knew i wanted to get a sign because i love collecting autographed books not just wrestling ones but any kind of book signed by its author so i bought the book and um I, I realized when we were in the queue that uh, there was a, a guy kind of with Pat. And then I realized the closer I got that this guy was like a, a translator for him. Because even though Pat speaks English, you put a guy who's grown up, you know, knowing Canadian or American English, and then you put him in Glasgow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like he, this guy was occasionally just in, intervening in conversations and just making something clear to Pat and just making sure that Pat understood what the fan was saying. Um, and the first thing uh, like that threw me off, and this was what started the embarrassing episode. So like, uh, you need to know that this guy is there as the interpreter. And so we, uh, we're getting closer and we're getting closer. And uh, then it's my turn to meet Pat. And uh, I'm standing there with my suit, and I've got uh, this uh, this copy of his book, which I'm holding right here uh, in nice. my hands. And uh, so we're I'm walking up to him, and uh, this the guy who's the interpreter. I then realise is also kind of handing the stuff to get signed to Pat and doing all that kind of stuff that you you get at these shows. So but I got the, the interpreter. Did do you know him? Do we know him? Is he a personality? Is he or is he just a guy? He's just a guy. Well, I think he, I think he does these things for Pat in general. I, I think he's like Pat's guy, right? Okay. Yeah, you got the impression that I actually. Do you know what Kenny McIntosh actually said at the show who he is to Pat, and I, I wonder if he's maybe like, like a nephew or something like that. I got the sense that there, there might be some connection between the two, and that he's not just right. there for the tour. But I may have just totally made that up. So my apologies <sighs> if I have. But there's just something kicking in the back of my mind saying that. Anyway, so um, uh this guy comes up to me to take the book off me and that's when i got my first good look at him and and that's the moment i realized that he's the spitting image of one of my pals that i used to work with who strangely enough weird coincidence also used to work with kenny mcintosh in another life right really but that's yeah so this is this weird thing so for a minute i thought what are you doing here <laughs> then i hear him speaking fluent french right, right yeah, um, yeah. 
So that threw me. So then I was out of it. So then when I got to Pat, I'd forgotten what I wanted to say. And the truth of the matter is, what I wanted to say to Pat was, hi, my name's Glenn, uh, and I'm a teacher, and I run an LGBT society at my school. This is all true. Yeah. Uh, And uh, I told them all that I'm meeting you tonight, and your story is really inspiring to them. And so from me and from them, thank you very much. And for the most part, that's that's kind of what came out. But I was so thrown by seeing this guy who looked just like my mate. <laughs> so then I got nervous. And when I get nervous, I get really fast and I get really quick and I swipe this like that and you can't really understand anything that I'm saying. <laughs> you know? So now you've got three things going on. I'm really flustered and, and getting a bit sweaty. He, I'm trying to speak to Pat, but I also am Scottish and I'm also speaking too fast. So I go, hi, Pat, my name's Glenn. And so I'm going to run an LGBT club at my school and we're all really inspired by you. And so thank you very much for that. And he just looks at me <laughs> vacantly and kind of just, uh, it just, uh, just looks at me. And then he looks to this guy and then the guy asks me to say it again. So I go, hi, Pat, my name's Glenn. Uh, I'm a teacher and I also run an LGBT club at school. And um, my, uh, my students are, we've talked about your story today at the club and they're really excited that I'm meeting you. And we all just wanted to say thank you very much for, for, being you and for having your story and pat just looks at me vacantly and (laughs) doesn't get a word of it still doesn't and you need to understand as well that's also really noisy because yeah fans fans are filing in but then the fans who've already met pat have already then just taken their seats and they're chatting and they're drinking beers and all that yeah so it's noisy in there right um and so uh so then this guy steps in and he speaks beautiful french to pat and he gets it all out and he because now he's picked up on what i was trying to say yeah so then pat goes oh great yes okay uh, and so we go in for the photo and uh we take this lovely picture and it's one of my favorite pictures that i've got with her i love it it's really nice because you're really in your nice. suit as well you look really smart <laughs> he's he's really sweet in it because he's like doing this thing with his hands like he's like he's like a wee nervous sort of thing because he doesn't really do this sort of thing very often of course yeah um so then it gets to the book signing and uh, we have to go through what my name is again. And so he goes, Hey, what's, what's your name? And this is, this is Pat speaking. And I'm yeah. like, it's a uh, Glenn. So he starts to write to Glenn G L E N. And then something, he must've got a bit confused. And and this, I'm not saying this, by, I'm not poking fun. I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just explaining what happened because it comes from the fact that he is fluent in two languages. And one pet hate I have is when people make fun of people who speak english as their second language for having an accent because they're the clever ones exactly you can speak yeah, two yeah, languages yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're making fun of their accent then you're the idiot because you can't even speak to you can barely master your own first language you know <laughs> so th- i'm just I, but that's where i think this this next hilarious thing came from is the fact that he's he's a uh, juggling around two languages in his head so he writes uh, g l e n and i think this was partially my fault because i always say i'm glenn this is when i'm meeting wrestlers i go i'm glenn with one n and i think i must have thrown him because he then wrote g l e n wait for it d glenned oh because <laughs> you meant one n like can i yeah. like it oh no <laughs> so my book says to glend but it gets better so he writes to glend and then he pauses and goes oh no i, I added the d hey you get an extra letter just for free <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. uh, and then he signs it and pat patterson has <laughs> the most beautiful signature so i'm gonna send you a picture of this now chris have you okay. got your phone there yeah yep so i'm gonna send you this um i'm away i'm talking away from a microphone here oh, sorry. Um, and you'll see the the two glend but you'll also see why 
I almost like it more now that it says Glend, um, because it, it's it's more special. I think because I'm I'm never going to sell these things, you know, not yeah. as long as I'm alive. Um, and uh, it's just now now it's not just a nice signed item; it's something with a story behind it, and I love that. It made yeah. it made my personal experience with Pat feel that bit more personal. Do you know what I mean? So I'm taking the picture now. You get another letter for free. Yeah. Exactly right. So I'm now, so here we go. Uh, he's French Canadian, not Italian. Baba the poopy. Here, have you seen uh, that Legends of Wrestling roundtable thing on the network? They used to do it on like um, WWE twenty four seven or whatever it is. No, they used to oh, do no I know this. Stuff. I know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Pat used to be on that a lot, and he was great because like, and he's really what I found from him as well because obviously as a second language, he's just a really funny guy. Like, oh, his, like his so pattern and stuff is so funny, and like he's got an, I, what I find the funniest thing in life is when someone else is like dying laughing you know what i mean like when someone's in hysterics i can't i have to laugh as well so he's got a really funny laugh not funny laugh like a really good laugh and it yeah, just always cracks me up it's oh i like this oh it's a nice that's a nice blue page very nice yeah Ooh. so do you see two glenn pat patterson so um a couple of things came out from this uh first of all don't you agree it's a gorgeous signature isn't it, it isn't it i like the underline it's like the undertaker signature the underline after oh yeah undertaker and pat Patterson, probably my two favorite wrestling signatures yeah um so uh we laughed about it together in that moment and like i say that you know for some people like hardcore collecting fans i don't know maybe that would have annoyed some people them they getting the name wrong but what kind of idiot is going to go nah you need to get me another book and get it right you know what i mean exactly. I, and i like it more now because like i say it just feels like it's a more special memory for that hilarious uh, spelling mistake That's great. so we, we giggled about it and uh, i took it away unfortunately after that all my friends started calling me glend um, and my name on my group chat with my, my mates became glend uh, for quite a while are you sure um, that you didn't just have a cold and you were like my name is glend it's quite it's quite possible that time of year. I think it was in October or something. Um, but you, you, you're talking, Jesus, you're Terrible talking about his, his his good banter, right? Then after that, we had the show, and he was brilliant, and he had a great, um, he had a really good uh, way of telling stories. And, and the funny thing is that Kenny at the beginning said, "This guy's here as the interpreter, so if if there's a communication breakdown, if he doesn't quite get what I'm saying, uh, he'll come on and help." But to my recollection, he never had to go on once. Kenny had to slow down his speech a wee bit and speak clearly at times, but yeah, Pat Patterson just went on these big rambling like stories, and it was great. And my only regret about that night is that I had to leave early because I ended up getting a really, really bad headache that night, and probably all the diet coke and the the, the you know not you know drinking any fluids because I wanted to stay there, and not have to run to the loo. Shot myself yeah. in the foot there, so I missed the end of the show. But the bit that I saw, the the good two thirds of it was 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 great fun and. Uh, Probably one of those inside the rope shows, whereas they're all fun, they're all special. Like that one has a particularly special place in my heart just That's because great. of that nice wee episode, that wee interaction with him. So uh, if you're listening to this, if you go to our Instagram, I'm sure at some point this week we'll post uh, my picture with him and a picture of the much adored To Glend copy of Pat's book, which I've actually still not read. It's called Accepted How the First Gay Superstar Changed at WWE. And um, it's uh, ghost written, and uh, but you know I think Bruce Pritchard said that he really, really enjoyed reading Pat's book, and of course they're friends. So uh, maybe one of these days I'll get round to to picking up and giving it a read. Well, it's a good thing that it's ghost written because then every word would end in a D. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's called just as well it's called accepted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, accepted D. 
Um, did he talk about his story in that? And during the, obviously he did, but like, what, what did he did he really go into detail about his, his story about being the first kind of openly gay wrestler back in a time he, that wasn't really accepted? You know, he did, but but with that said, the tone of the evening was very lighthearted and comedic. So, right. like, he did talk about it, but you know, it, it wasn't there was nothing too heavy that night. And I think if you want to get a real sense of of how much of a struggle it was. Then you got to get the book. Yeah, oh, um, totally. That's a fa- I'd be a fascinating read, actually. Yeah, yeah. Do uh, you know one thing I've always wanted to do is hear stories from Kenny McIntosh and the Inside the Ropes crew about just taking him on that tour because they did like three or four nights with him, I think. Right. Uh, and I think he just must be such a funny guy to be on the road with. Yeah. So, or or to chaperone around and to take care of. So I'd love to hear more from what he was like on the tour for people who was with who were with him for a few nights. But yeah, yeah, it was a good show. And if you ever get the chance to see him, I would go. But, you know, you, you just don't know if you'll ever get the chance to do so again. He's, he's no, getting on as our Pat. He is. Well, he's just a good guy, though, isn't he? He's just a great story yeah. and, and very much respect to the legend that is the first ever Intercontinental Champion. And even if the tournament never happened, you know what? Other things never happened and we still talk about it, you know what I mean? So as far as I'm concerned... It did happen, and he's, he's the first ever champion, and that's you know good in my book. And for those people who say, "Oh, well, he actually wasn't the first Intercontinental champion," God's sake, do you know what I mean? <laughs> he was. He bloody well was. was. The tournament, even if the tournament never happened, he was still the first champion. Yeah, you know, nineteen seventy nine. Uh, a bit of trivia. I've there. never seen so many replica Intercontinental titles in one place in my life. Really? Of course, even though he never held like the physical versions of the title that people buy in mass nowadays, yeah. right? How could you not get your replica Intercontinental title signed by him if you had one? You That's have to. Yeah. There was a guy I met actually um, at the show who had, uh, I never got his name, but we chatted for a while uh, in the queue. And he had like uh, the kind of the, the more modern, the, the Cody Intercontinental belt, you know, right. the, the white the white strap, but the classic design. Um, and he had his rule with the signatures in the belt was it doesn't matter what version of the belt you had held as long as you are an Intercontinental Champion, you can sign it. Yeah. And get this, it'd been signed by like Austin, Jericho, Bret Hart, um, Shawn Michaels, China had China signature on it. Yeah, that that was a big deal that one. Um, and uh, a few others like it was it was full to the brim with signatures wow. on both sides. Kurt Angle had signed it. Um, I'd love to think Dale Brown has signed it, but I think I've just <laughs> made that up. Uh, uh, but it just felt like this perfect thing. And like, there's a lot of signed belts online, but the fact that he's got all those signatures, and you've also got people who've sadly passed, like China, on there. Yeah. Um, the fact that he now has it also a Pat Patterson signature. I mean, come on, that's got to be one of the most valuable absolutely belts out there you know I, I felt i really admired it and you could tell this guy really took care of it he had a proper big case for it like like a saxophone case like a suitcase yeah so it went in its packet and then it stretched out and then he would carry it like a suitcase That's um great. and so if you're out there man if you're listening uh, much respect to you and uh, i would love to see that thing again one day I'd love to see how many signatures he's added to it. He'll, yeah. he'll not have no bloody room for it anymore. That's <laughs> exactly. I wonder, did anyone sign like the nameplate? No, the there was nothing. It was just the straps. There was nothing on the plates. Jeff had signed it as well because he's got quite a distinctive signature. Yeah, I was going to say, Jeff wanted um, to sign on Mad Plate of the World Title member. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never actually seen anyone do that, signing no. the plate. I've never seen that. It just seems, that seems wrong. I like, I like the idea of having a belt signed by people who held the title, right? But then I have it signed by John Morrison for some reason, right? And I think then I changed my tune and I was like, oh no, it's people who I thought deserve to be the champion. But realistically, that was just a cop-out. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just, yeah. I just wanted him to win the title. 
so I could say that I don't really care like if he's a champion nowadays, but I just want him to win a world title to say, oh look, it's on this, it's on the belt. I predicted it in 2011. But um, well, it's funny because the only belt I have now is my replica tag belt that like Robert got me, and it's it's kind of our friendship bracelets or these. Um, it's the current Raw Tag Team Championships. Yeah, and uh, I don't really want anyone to sign it, with the exception of Matt and Jeff, because yep. the Hardy Boys are what Robert and I always bonded over. And even though I've met Matt and Jeff, I've got both their autographs and different things here and there. Um, uh, I would. That's the one exception I would make is if I could get them to sign like either end of the straps. Like that would, that really, would be really cool, yeah. Because yeah. Jeff could do like a, some mad weird thing all the way up the side of the strap, couldn't he? Because his yeah, mad for sure. Cool. Well, it's a great story. I love hearing your meet wrestler stories. And um, what will the next one be? Who knows? Ooh. 